Good morning and happy Friday. We made it. It's the end of the week and we made it. Hi, Lisa. How are you doing? I love you dearly. Oh, gosh. Did you hear that? That's called Angie's not completely prepared with her phone volume down. It's fine. Hey, if you're on here with me this morning, I would love for you to introduce yourself because I just love knowing who I'm talking to. So here's here's the plan. We are going to interact. I need lots of encouragement this morning. Do you guys ever find yourself in a place where you need lots of encouragement? Like you just need someone to say, you're doing great, right? Well, that's what I hope we get to exchange this morning, that we can have a mutual, you're doing great. I know it's hard, but you're doing great, right? So give me lots of encouragement and I will, I promise, I promise, I will pour out. You'll be encouraged. You'll be glad you're on. Okay, here's the deal. I do want to talk about hard things. I want to talk about um, the, thank you, Lisa. You know that words, words, words are my thing. Okay. I love, I love affirmation. So anyway, that's just a side note. Okay. I do want to talk about hard things. I want to talk about those places where it feels like things are compounded and just when you think they can't get worse, they do. And what do we do in those places? Anyone here feel that? Anyone feel like Ah, I can't seem to escape the tough. Let me know if that's you. I am definitely in a pressing season myself, but I've got good news, guys. I've got really good news, actually. We, uh, I think a couple weeks ago, we talked to, um, (laughs) I'm not sure who's playing Unedited Life this morning, but welcome. (laughs) It's always so funny to me. Um, Anyway, good morning, whoever you are, and welcome. Um, I could start listing off names, but I won't. Um, So a couple weeks ago, we were in um, 2 Corinthians 4, and we were talking about um, this whole thing, but we were looking at it from a different perspective. And I do, I want to go back there because... I, I, what the, the language in that actually, it says everything that we needed to say. Um, good morning, Bren. Oh my goodness. Long time, long time friend. Um, it's good to have you on. I think I saw Amanda was on here too. Amanda, good morning. I would hug you if you were right here right now. Love you, friend. Okay, so 2 Corinthians, we're going to go to 4, chapter 4. Um, let me, I'm going to switch over um, in my um, passion translation to that also. Um, oops, that was me. <laughs> I know, it's challenging. It's challenging, Lisa. I get it. I've done it. I'm like, gosh, darn it. Now I'm replying as unedited life. It's fine. It's not a big deal. I just think it's funny when it happens. Good morning, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So we are going to, remember we were talking about um, treasure in clay jars. So I think that was actually just last uh, Friday that we did that. But let me just tell you, it's been a week. For me, it has been a week. It's, um, it's been full of pressing 
Um, it's, it's just, it's been very challenging. <laughs> I'm putting my makeup on, but I'm listening. Fantastic. It's, it's good to look good. Um, so let's start in, um, let's start in verse eight. So we are in second Corinthians four, eight. It says, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. Now, we could just breeze right past this and 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 miss what he's saying here. He's he's talking about these times, guys. He's talking about these times where it feels like we cannot escape the pressure. And I love the promise in it. Don't miss the promise, right? It's he says, though we experience every kind of pressure, doesn't it help you to know that somebody else has already had victory in areas that you might be experiencing pressure. He's saying, we've had it all. We've experienced it all. We die daily. He says in another part of scripture, we die daily. Actually, I think it's later in here. Um, it, but, but we're not crushed. Like there is no victory in the pressure. Let the pressure come. You won't be crushed, right? Um, he says, at times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. I want to, I want to, Hear me, like I want to speak this into your life. Quitting is not an option. Do we have anyone out here who's ever been pushed to the point of wanting to quit? You can give me a thumbs up. You don't have to like rat yourself out. I've been there. I've been there. Actually, it was probably, I don't know, somewhere between six to eight months in of starting a church and I'm going, God, you got the wrong girl. You got the wrong girl. I'm done. I can't motivate people and I feel like I can't even motivate myself. And I was like in a disagreement with God. And that's what I'm going to tell you is that when we are pushed to the point of like, I'm done, I can't do this anymore. I quit. I don't like people. <laughs> that's just me being honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, Amanda. Um, but the thing is, is that in those moments when I, when I am allowing the crushing to, or the pressing to have voice, I'm in a disagreement with God because God did call me out here to do this. I, I have to be firm in what I know is true of me. He called me into the space that I am currently occupying. And for me to say anything ever, I'm in a disagreement with God. So here's the deal. The, the pressing is promised. See, that helps me. That helps me know that God knows what he's doing, right? Like if I had any kind of question in my heart, does God know what he's doing? Like, where is he in all of this? The pressing is promised because it's producing. The pressing is promised because it's producing. What's it producing in you? Let's keep reading. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. What does that mean? We've not been left alone. He's Emmanuel. He is God with us. He's God in us. He went even further. Like he came as Emmanuel, right? We know Jesus came as Emmanuel to be God with us, to experience humanity for himself. But then he says to the disciples before he ascends into heaven, he says, I'm going to go and prepare a way, right? And what he's doing, he's like, I'm going to go and make a way for you to enter in at any time, at any time, because I became you. I'm making a way for you to become me. Woo! That's good news, you guys. Can I get some hearts or some wows? 
I'm going to lead you into agreement this morning, okay? That's really good news for us. Like Jesus did what Jesus did so that we could experience all that is his. Where are my wows, people? Are you even on here? Let's go. Come on. Let's get excited about that. That's so good. We have what he has. We're going to be fine. Take a deep breath. Can you just take a deep breath? And whisper over yourself, I'm going to be fine. And say it with a hint of victory. I'm going to be fine. Do it. Don't just listen to me. Participate. I'm going to be fine. Here we go. He's not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies, so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. What? What? That's what the pressing is for? So that the resurrection life of Jesus can be revealed in our humanity? Oh. Oh, press on, right? Like how many of you want resurrection life Listen, that's a whole lot of power. I, here's what I believe. I believe that the world is aching for power, but the church has not put power on display like we could. And so the world is reaching into every power cookie jar, right? Looking for power, looking for power, looking for power. But if the church would put the power on display, and that's the real power, right? It's resurrection power. What does resurrection power mean to you? I know what it means to me. What's it mean to you? We're talking raising the dead. Jesus was raised to life, as are you, through resurrection power. We have power teeming inside of us. We just haven't accessed it yet. We don't need to reach outside for power because the power exists within Right now, close your eyes. I just want you to close your eyes. It's just a little activation for you. Close your eyes. And I want you to say these words with great authority. Right now, I just speak authority over your voice. I lace your voice with great authority, the authority that is given to you by Jesus Christ because of what he accomplished, the victory that he accomplished. So right now, this is what I want you to speak. I want you to do it with great authority. Resurrection life is in me. Declare that over yourself. Resurrection life is in me. So you don't have to reach outside of yourself. The power that you're actually after is in you. Put your hand on your chest. just want you to say it again. Resurrection power is in me. The power I'm after, it's in here. And the pressing reveals it, not just to you, but to those around you. You want to put power on display? See, it's not just so that we can look great. It's so that others can find themselves in that resurrection power too. We're we're pressed so that power is on display for others to lay hold of. That's what the kingdom's all about. It's about an exchange. 
right? Like what Jesus came and did was an exchange. His life for ours so that what he has can also be ours. Listen, like, wow, right? This this life is, it's too good to be true. And that's what I'm going to tell you that if the gospel message, if anything that you have heard about God um, is less than too good to be true, it's not the real gospel, okay? Because God's not waiting for you to measure up, right? That's a lie. He's not waiting for you to, to be good enough. That's the lie because you have been made good enough, right? You're safe. You're secure in Christ, what he did was applied to you without you doing anything. You can't earn this. It, it's not something you can earn. You can't add anything to it. You can't take anything away. You can't be bad enough to alter the gift. It's just applied. It's a free gift. And, and scripture tells us that what Christ did goes far beyond what Adam undid, right? It's immeasurable. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. You're so kind to me. Yes, it has been. It's been a week. Um, actually, I'll tell you that it's been a heck of a season. It's been a heck of a season. I can look back over the last probably seven years and just be like, oh my gosh, like you are making me brave. You're making me brave. But see, that's the thing is like, and don't, don't misunderstand me. I struggle. I struggle in the middle of it all. I'll tell you on, um, for those of you that don't know, um, our, our youngest is a type one di has diabetic and, um, he has struggled to um, keep his um, diabetes under control, especially since becoming a teenager. There's a lot of things that are factored into um, into your blood sugar once you have raging hormones, right? Um, and so we were in Nebraska at a game on Tuesday night, and we were about uh, 45 minutes from home when, and we knew he wasn't feeling good. Um, on the way to Nebraska, but on the way home, things went from not great to really bad, like emergent. And we were 45 minutes away from the hospital. And so um, that was super scary. I'm in the back of the car holding my 16 year old who's holding on to me for dear life and, um, and struggling to breathe and wondering, do we need to call 911 and have an ambulance meet me or meet us? And, uh, meanwhile, John is driving like 95 down dirt roads. Listen, I just, I, I want, here's a shout out to my husband. One month ago, this past Wednesday or today, I think is to the date. Um, he was in a bad wreck and, um, rolled his truck several times, completely totaling it, um, which, you know, I think is just fascinating that he walked away from everything was crushed about his truck, except for the driver's side. I don't know if you don't believe in the presence of the angelic. Um, I'm just, I'm going to pray revelation over you. Okay. Like, I hope that you have a revelation of the angelics or the angelic realm because they, they're real. 
and they intervene, right? Like my husband has a very big calling on his life. He says he's hard to kill, <laughs> but I, I think it's far greater that of a story than just that. So anyway, for him to be driving the car at 95 miles per hour had to have been a supernatural act because um, I'm sure that he is a little skittish behind the wheel. He's never said that, but I, you know, you would be uh, just a month out from a really bad wreck. But um, listen, when your kid is in trouble, you will do anything, anything to protect them. And so big, huge shout out to, to John. He's quite the dad. Anyway, so um, we ended up in the ER in Manhattan and they would only let one of us back and, and John went back with him and and I ended up going home around 1.30 and, um, and I cried. I bawled like a baby the entire drive home um, to which, you know, God kept me safe because I couldn't see half the time. And um and, and this is just, I, I, I'm not, I, I want to tell my own story, not so you can feel sorry for me, but so that you can see a, a pattern of how we need to react to the pressing. Was I, did I handle it perfectly? Probably not. I don't know. I'm not judging myself. Um, but I do, I, I want us to understand what's available to us in, in the pressing. Listen, life can get really dark really fast. And sometimes it feels like there's no breathing room in sight. That's where I was at. I was so done. I was like, you know what? I don't know what you're doing, God. And I'm just, I'm telling you like what the, my, my honest heart position was. I'm like, where are you? Right. And that's the same thing that Jesus cried out in the ultimate pressing, right? He's on the cross and he's like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? right? That's what he says. It's like, where are you? Like, this is the, this is the greatest pressing of my life. I'm being crushed. And he's going, where are you? But this is what I want you to understand is he hasn't gone anywhere. He is and will always be Emmanuel, right? And so I started, that's how my prayer started. And and we can read through the Psalms and realize that it is okay to allow honest expression, right? God is okay with that. He's okay with that. Honestly, I think he'd prefer it, right? This is how I feel in this moment. I feel like you've abandoned me. I feel alone in this. And so that's what my, my prayers were just like, Jesus, where are you? I don't get it. You could, you could heal in a moment, but I'm not seeing it. And it wasn't that I was putting God on trial. I was giving honest expression, right? And so then I get about, I don't know, I-70. And all of a sudden, this, this pouring out that I was doing of this honest expression before the father and it gives way, right? There's a breaking in it. And all of a sudden, all I can do is, is, is bring worth to his name. 
I start ascribing worth to who he is, right? So sometimes as humans, we need to release the the expression of pain so that it gets out of the way for what we are destined to do, which is to ascribe worth to his name, okay? Like sometimes that pain sits in there and we need to give expression to it so it moves out of the way to make way to ascribe worth to his name because immediately following this, and I was wallowing. I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm wallowing at this point. I, I'm, I'm, it was a, no, I'm not going to say that. Anyway, it was just, it was honesty. And, um, uh, and then all of a sudden I'm telling him, you're so worthy. I know who you are. You're Emmanuel. You're here. You're right here in the middle of this. You're the one that stoops low. You're the one that enters into our pain. You're the one that can't get enough of us, right? Like we have to know who he is. This is why it's really important, you guys. Like in the in the good seasons, we have got to get close to him just as much as we want to in, in the tough spots, right? My, my life is only able to express his worth because of the time I spend with him, right? So I, I want I want that to feel like an invitation for you that, that you can't express. You can express the pain. Get that out of the way so that, that there is a, a true word that rises up in you that isn't agreeing with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, right? Allow that to be expressed, Jesus did. And it wasn't true because we know the scripture tells us that the father was in Jesus reconciling the word, the world to himself on the cross. So God didn't leave him. He didn't turn his face away. The song is a lie, right? I believe that it was actually, so sin, let's talk about sin for just a second. I feel like I'm all over the place. Is this okay? I hope that this is landing well for you. Um, sin All sin means a separation. Sin is going to um, attempt to prove that you're separated from God, right? I, I hope that that makes sense. Um, it's um, I, I, We don't have a sin issue. We have a belief issue, right? Like we aren't riddled with sinful desires. Jesus took care of that, right? He's removed all of that, as, as far as the East is from the West, like he, he shut that record keeping system down. It doesn't exist anymore. But sin, I believe, is an entity roaming around trying to convict us of wrongdoing. But what we need to know that we are already right in Christ Jesus, right? So sin wants to trap you into believing that you're alone. And so I, I believe that when Jesus uttered those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I, I believe that it was sin's last stand. We know that he piled the sin of the world on his own shoulders. And so I think that it was sin's last attempt to be heard. Right? But it's not what's true. God never left Jesus alone and he's never left you alone. He's right there with you. He's Emmanuel. I just love the name Emmanuel because of what it means. It's literally God with us or in us, 
right? God in us, like you can't separate yourself. That's what's true. You can't separate yourself from God. You're attached, inseparable, right? Okay, let's get back to, to what we were reading here. Um, remember, we continually, continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. That's good news. We consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So then, death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. Then he says, we have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scriptures when it says, first I believe, then I spoke in faith. And what I want to say about that is, I know right now you're not seeing the things that you're praying for. Graham Cook says, Jesus deserves to have your prayers answered. In these moments where we are utilizing faith to speak a thing or to, to pray for healing or to whatever, whatever the case may be for you, we're, we're, we're looking for provision, right? No matter what, that's what our prayers are. We're going, God, be in this, right? And and he is, he is. And, but we're not always seeing the manifestation of the thing that we're looking for. But here's what we need to reconcile. It's not that nothing's happening. It's that we've not utilized faith our entire life. And so we don't have, we're not seeing the impact yet. Here's a picture that I'll paint for you. What if, here's a, here's a what if, you know I love playing what ifs. What if every time that we access faith, which is reaching into the unseen realm, believing that what he says is true, that there is a, a whole treasure trove of goodness waiting for us. What if we reach into that unseen realm, we pull it out, we're accessing faith, right? And and we we either contend for healing or um, for provision, whatever it is, whatever your circumstance is. Instead of looking at that as empty, like nothing happened. Oh my gosh, like I, I don't understand why nothing's ever happening, Right? But what if, imagine this, so our unbelief, right, throughout, like I, I'm 40, I think I'm 45, that sounds right, um, I've spent the majority of my life not understanding what is available for me. And so there's there's a, a reservoir, if you will, or a dam, let's say it's a dam of unbelief, right? But here's the great news, you guys is every time that I lay hold of faith or I pull on that unseen realm of the things that are actually mine in Christ Jesus, right? I'm adding to the pressure that is being put on that dam of unbelief, okay? Eventually, that dam can't stay. What happens when there's a whole lot of pressure, when there's a whole lot of water pressing up against a, a, a poorly built dam, Right? Because unbelief is a poor, a poorly built dam. But every time that we lay hold of faith or that unseen realm, we're adding two. I keep pointing behind me because that's just how I see it. Because <laughs> eventually this dam is going to give way and it's all going to come spilling out and you're going to feel the effects of it. Mark my words. Does that make sense? So keep pressing in. Don't be discouraged. Let's not be discouraged, right? Let's not, let's not tire of doing things. 
the things that God has called us to do, which we know is um, healing the sick, casting out demons, and raising the dead, right? So let's continue to lay hold of the unseen realm, to, to grab hold of the faith that's ours, and add to the, the reservoir that's pressing, just pressing up against our poorly built dam of unbelief because eventually it's going to come spilling out. Don't grow weary in doing good. Okay. You're having effect. You're just not seeing it manifest in the natural realm yet. But the thing is, is something is happening. Okay. We just have to believe that. Don't continue to add to your poorly built dam because you're not seeing the thing manifest. Just know that something is happening and eventually that thing's going to give way. I want to read the same scripture to you in um, the message because I love how it's just a portion of it's, it's worded. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do, right? Are you relying on Jesus? We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. Anyone feel spiritually terrorized? That's that. The, the, those are those moments where it feels like, oh my gosh, could things get worse? That's to me what it, it feels like to be spiritually terrorized. But listen, the promise is in the pressing. Say that over yourself. The promise is in the pressing. Okay. This is what's true. I want to, um, let's go to Matthew. I think I marked it somewhere. Yep. Left my pen in there. We're going to Matthew uh, 26, 36. Okay. There were two times in scripture where Jesus was under great pressing. Okay. He had in Matthew 26, let me just lay out the story for you. He's, he's already gathered together with his disciples and they, they had a meal together. He washed their feet. Beautiful, beautiful. Judas has already agreed to betray Jesus. Um, and, and Jesus leads them into the garden of Gethsemane. And what we need to understand is that Gethsemane actually means oil press. Jesus knew what he was doing. Jesus knew what he was doing. He leads them all, including himself, into Gethsemane, which means the oil press. He knows what he's doing. He knew what he was doing then, and he knows what he's do doing through you, okay? So if he's led you into the Garden of Gethsemane, into the oil press, be assured that he knows what he's doing, okay? This is what it says. Then Jesus led his disciples to an orchard called the oil press. He told them, sit here while I go and pray over there. He took Peter, Jacob, and John with him. However, an intense feeling of great sorrow plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. Wow. Talking about Jesus here. Another translation says this, he, that he says, the sorrow in my heart is so great that it's crushing me. Okay, 
So we know that that Jesus is in a tight space. He's being squeezed in this space, right? He's feeling as if his life is going to give way. And then he says, and he said to them, my heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. Guys, stay here and keep watch with me. He goes to the disciples. I think this is fascinating. He leads them all into the oil press and he asks them to sit here. He goes off and he prays and he comes back to them and he says, my heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. Stay here. He's just saying like, stay with me. Do you guys, do you understand what's happening here? He is already Emmanuel, but he's inviting humanity to stay with him. Wow. He's as- asking us to partner with Emmanuel. Stay with me. Okay. This is absolutely beautiful. Stay with me. He's inviting them in. Stay with me in this. I'm experiencing this pressing, this crushing, and I feel as if I could die. Stay with me. Right. I had a- an encounter years ago. Um, it was a, a really tough time of our life. We had just found out that um, three of our girls were being um, groomed to be um, sexually assaulted by a family member. And, um, and it was absolutely devastating. And in this time of my life, I sincerely thought I was going to die. Like, sincerely. Like, I don't have experience with death, but that's how I felt, how my, my, my insights felt. I was like, I'm going to die from this. And the grief was so intense. And so much of that is because of what I was identifying with as a mom. Like, it was my identity. I'm a mom, right? It was one thing that I knew I was really good at is being their mom. And so now I'm faced with reconciling. If I'm a great mom, how did this happen? Right? Like when you homeschool, your kids don't leave. Listen, they never leave and they eat everything in the house 24 seven. Like that is the reality of homeschooling your kids. It's a side note. But the the truth is, is that I, I was in a bad place of feeling like, I'm actually not a good mom. How could these things happen if I was a good mom? And um, and that was okay. I, it was it was a, a place of of deep, intense grief. And and I had a friend, um, a dear dear friend, who would call me often, and she kept saying over and over again, "Angie, you've got to get to the bottom of your grief." It was like having a grief cheerleader. There aren't many of them because our humanity wants to comfort in spaces of grief. We want to comfort and pull people out of spaces of grief. But she carries, I'm. she's never said this to me, but and I've never said this out loud, but she carries a revelation of the pressing and, and knows what it can produce. And it turns out that the word pleasure is actually derived from the word pain, Right. So this whole um, olive press um, 
the the oil press rather, um, same thing, um, that that Jesus did intentionally took himself into the oil press to to be crushed um, was for pleasure. We know that he says that it was because of the joy set before him that he did what he did, right? And so in the space um, of my own grief, I, I sincerely just wanted to die. I didn't, I didn't really want to exist anymore. And I, I wasn't suicidal. I was in very deep, deep pain. And I had an encounter with the Lord and there was never a time. Listen, God was okay with where I was at. He knew where I was at. He only asked that I stay with him. And this was my encounter. You have to understand how visual I am. I experience everything through visions mostly. Um, my internal world is very alive and very animated. And so in this this space, I, I had this encounter of being in a hospital room. Visual. Remember, this isn't physically happening. Um and, and I was hooked up to all kinds of machines in this, this place. And, and for the most part, I just laid there, but every once in a while I would, I would come to, and, um, in this vision, when I would come to, I would turn and I would look at the man sitting beside my bed and I could hear the beep, beep, beep of, of machinery. I don't know, keeping me alive, sustaining me, whatever, but Every time I would turn and look at him, I would study his face. Like seriously, I study the face of Jesus, of Emmanuel sitting right there. And he would say the same thing every single time that I looked at him. Stay with me. Right? It was an invitation to stay with Emmanuel, to agree with Emmanuel. I'm there. And I would give way. I would, I would fall back in and where I would go, this is what was so interesting. I would go into this dark alleyway almost every single time. And I was seeking revenge every time that, that I went into this dark space, I was seeking revenge. Right. And, um, and, but I could hear his voice reverberating off of, and you know, it was, very distinct. Listen, I could I could lay out for you the description of what this alleyway looked like, what it smelled like. I mean, I was in this space, and um, I I wanted I I didn't just want revenge, but I wanted um, I wanted payment. Right? Ever been there? <laughs> I was like demanding that payment be made for the damage that that was done and but his voice in this space I don't think I've ever in so much detail shared this um his voice would just like bounce off of the walls of of this alleyway and it was narrow and it was dark and and slimy and uh, you know like a greasy alleyway it was just gross but his voice would just bounce off of those walls and it was constant stay with me. And it was like, see me there. Like he just wanted me to be willing. He was okay with where I was at because it was part of the grief process. It really was. And it was just stay with me, see me there, see me in it. And I would, I would find him 
I would find him somewhere in this alleyway. And eventually, long story short, he led me out and, and it was fine. But that's not that's not the point. The point is, is that in your place of pain, you can find him uttering those words. Stay with me. Just don't leave me. You can experience the depths. Stay with me. Right? Emmanuel is always near and he's always extending an invitation to stay with me. Okay? You can go, there's not a space that you can go. David said this in in the Psalms. He said, if I go down to the depths, you're there. If I go to the heights, you're there. Like there's no place that I can go and escape you. So hear his words. Stay with me. Right? He goes on. Verse 39. Then he walked a short distance away and overcome with grief. He threw himself face down on the ground and he prayed, my father, if there is any way you can deliver me from the suffering, please take it away. Yet what I want is not important for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Then an angel from heaven appeared to strengthen him. Jesus wasn't trying to escape the cross. This isn't what's happening. He's trying to escape the pending death at that moment. He was in so much stress and so much grief. Remember the weight of the world is on his shoulders, literally. Like I know you feel that way sometimes, but this is literally happening to him. He's, he's the sin collector. He's, he's picked up all kinds of sin along the way. I believe he was even baptized into our sin. That's another story. He's burdened. He's pressed down. He's crushed. He's asking, God, deliver me from this moment. But I love what he says, where he says, yet what I want, it's not important. I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. So here's the deal, guys. In the space that you're in right now, if you're undergoing any kind of pressing or, or weight burden, any of that, I want you to ask Holy Spirit to illuminate your imagination. Ask him, what are you producing in me? Because what I want isn't important. I want your will fulfilled in my life. I want your plan to manifest in my life. We have to make some higher level agreements right now. In this place of crushing, we have to make higher level agreements. Don't agree with the lies that are swirling around you. Don't agree with the lies that are slapping you in the face. You're not alone. Stay with Emmanuel. You're not alone. You have to believe that. I want you to hear his voice declaring over you. And it is a declaration. Stay with me. Okay. It's the invitation because here's the good part. The reason why he took them into Gethsemane wasn't just so he could experience the crushing. So we could experience the oil. What's the oil? It's the anointing that's on our lives. Those things that we're contending for when we reach into that unseen realm, when we're attempting to break down that dam of unbelief, it takes the oil, okay? Like you are anointed 
when it says when it says in um, Isaiah 61 that you're anointed to preach good news, that's the oil. In the crushing, there is there is goodness being produced in you. The oil is gonna come out. Don't run from the pain. Allow it to work in you. It's producing something. I can promise you that in my life, that the most profound revelation that I walk in comes from places of pain. It comes from those places of pressing. It's where it's produced. So the anointing is produced in this pressing. If you want to see good things in your life, yield to the pressing and hear his voice. Stay with me. I know what I'm doing. We have to believe that he knows what he's doing. Okay. I told you that there were two places of scripture where Jesus was being pressed greatly. The other place was during his birth. Right. And I just want you to consider this, that God could have showed up any way he wanted. Honestly, he could have. He could have showed up any way he wanted. He's God. He put everything all around you that's swirling, everything, everything, everything into motion. He spoke you into existence. He could have done it any way, but he chose to experience humanity in fullness, which meant that being in the birth canal of a teenage girl was his first experience with the crushing, being squeezed. Listen, there's nothing quite as violent as birth. And it's not just the mom that is experiencing great pain. That baby is being pressed, right? I'm going to leave you with that because it was just kind of a little teaser. This Sunday, I'll be teaching on that subject of of Mary and the, the oh, I'm so excited about this series, you guys. Um, the series that we're getting ready to start on Sunday is called "Let Earth Receive Her King," and um, my my teaching is called "Unto Me." And so we'll be talking about Mary and the incarnation and what is it like to to carry the King, what's it like to carry the promise inside of you and, and knowing that pain is what births the promise. Isn't that good news? That's such good news. Wow. You know what I love about it is that we can endure anything when we know that it's producing something, right? We can, we can, we can endure anything when we know that it's producing a promise. So stay in it. Let the pressing happen because there's oil coming, right? Because you're anointed to great, do great things, okay? Guys, have a really great weekend. And more than anything, I just want you to hear his voice saying, stay with me. I just pray that you experience Emmanuel. Love you so much. See you all on Sunday.